1: And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley.
3: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today is Tell Dell Tuesday, and I have a great guest for us today. Uh, the lady's name is Hind Washington, and she's out of Houston. She is our single-family mentor in Houston office, and uh, we're really happy to have her here today on the radio. Hind, did I pronounce that right or not?
4: Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You got
3: it right. Well, I'm glad that I didn't insult you right yes. off the bat. So <laughs> let's talk. Tell us a little bit now that you're the single-family mentor in Houston, um, and you have currently what I'm seeing here, 17 single-family houses and a fourplex. plex um, Let's talk about you coming to Lifestyles first before we talk about what you're doing helping others here. How did you find out about us, and what made you interested? So.
4: I found out about the lifestyles on the radio as I was driving in the car one day with my two kids in the back seat. I was looking for a location and a building for this business that we were going to put all our savings into and get it started. Uh, my husband was not on board, of course, because he thought it was a crazy idea, and uh, we may lose our all our money that we saved and I told him what about this other option let's go to the two-hour workshop and give it a try and see you know what we can learn if it's something that we are interested in so we went on a Thursday evening we went back the weekend that you were teaching and by the time we left that Sunday evening we were ready to go Uh, we were very excited we were ready to change our destiny and I'll well, I'm, future, I'm
3: curious. Course. You got 14 years in oil and gas. That's your career, right? Yes. What does your husband do? Uh,
4: he's in IT, he's an okay. engineer.
3: All right. So we've got 14 years of oil and gas. I have to know what was the other business you were looking at starting, just out of curiosity.
4: Oh, my God! It was an indoor playground for children. We live in Houston. It's hot. It's humid. It's a great business in the summer. And now, in the hindsight, with everything that was set down during the pandemic, we would have lost everything.
3: Wow. So, it was wow. by the grace of God. Yes. That is wild looking back at that, huh? Hindsight, 2020?
4: Yes, Ooh. absolutely.
3: That could have been devastating. Absolutely. They shut all that stuff down, didn't
4: they? Yes,
3: yes. Mm. All right. Well, luckily, you, you found us. What was it interested you? Or was it your husband that was more swayed? What swayed you more towards the real estate business?
4: So we were, I think we were skeptic, but we we're like, let's see. So we're not going to do anything with this money that we have. And it's going to be a business that may not or may not work. Let's explore other options. So we were sitting in, in the room and listening to you and all you said made sense. It, it almost sounds surreal. And I told him, I talked to my husband, and I told him, it, it's too good to be true. To the point, it sounds almost illegal. How can <laughs> how can this be true? Uh,
3: that's funny. It's funny because I'm sitting right. here looking at some other investments that I have, other businesses I have. I just found out today that I have to file tax returns for each individual state, and I own businesses in probably. 10, 15 different states now. Um, me- and I found I have to file these individual tax returns per state. I just laughing. I go, you know, it's so funny because we take it for granted here in Texas. We don't pay any taxes, right? And yeah. with the real estate, we don't pay any national taxes. So, you know, t- tax means nothing to us here for the businesses we're in. So, it's really interesting to see that people are getting taxed all over the country through the nose on this stuff. So, um, what was the aha moment for you? when you were in that two-day class. There's always something you go, oh my gosh, that's, I did, that, didn't realize that, and that's it. I gotta do it.
4: So there were two aha moments for me personally. The first one was, uh, you talked about real estate and renting, and you said you make money the day you sign the lease, you get the check for the deposit, you get the first month's rent. So you're cash flowing, you know, day one. And I thought about the business that we were going to go into and there was, mm, we were going to be in the red for a good nine months, you know, and that was on the upside. So when you said that, I said, that is what I want. I don't want to lose money and I want to make money day one. The second aha moment was when you talked about condominiums. And when I was single, I bought a condo in the Galleria area, and I thought it was cool paying HOA fees and all these, you know, the, the place doesn't belong to me like you explained. And I, t- I turned my head to my husband, and I said, we have to sell the condo. And he looked <laughs> at me, and he said, I have been telling you for the past eight years to sell it. Ah. And I said, it's not the same. said, I have to sell and he took it, I mean, he took it in a lot, you know, he didn't think too much about it. He was just so happy to see it gone because I was putting money into it. I was coming up with extra money to pay for the HOA and the notes. And I was not getting enough to cover, the, you know, both uh, bills with the rent that I was making. But I held on to it thinking I was making money and I wasn't. So that was the aha moment for me. And that's what started our journey into a single-family arena with the 1031 exchange.
3: That's interesting. So why did you think you were making money when you had no cash flow? I don't know. I
4: just, I just have this place, and uh, people are paying me, and it's appreciated, I guess. That's what I was thinking to myself. I had, I don't know, call it ignorance, but I had no idea, and that is something that I today expressed to members is that t- to take advantage of the education. Without, without education, you just don't know what you don't know. And I was thinking I was making money. When I wasn't, I was coming up with the difference out of my pocket. But in my yeah. mind, it made sense.
3: Well, you just said, just in one or two sentences, and you said some very important stuff. Number one, you don't know what you don't know, that's for sure. Number two, perception. You know, whatever your perception is, that's what you believe to be true, even though it's not true. Number three, and this is an interesting one for me, it always has been part of my seminar, is that the spouses of any relationship are going to differ on some ideas. And the intellectual rapporte back and forth about these ideas are always controlled by something I call Rule 1437B-7 in the Book of Life, which is basically no one will ever believe you once they've seen you without your clothes on, or more commonly known as familiarity breeds contempt. In other words, mm-hmm. I've seen you do stupid stuff, so I don't believe everything you say because I've seen some dumb stuff you've done. Right? So you, yeah. my wife does it all the time. She doesn't believe a thing I say, you know. And she goes, and I go, people pay me to listen. No, nope, I don't believe. it. So it's it's just it's a natural marriage thing. You know so much about the person, you've seen the person make mistakes. So you just feel like they can be wrong. And so even when they have a good argument in something, it sometimes doesn't come across. But luckily you got yeah. through that. And uh, luckily you both came to the two day together so you could merge ideas. Let's talk about how you decided to go into single family right out of the blocks.
4: It was that day. It was that Sunday, uh, Saturday or Sunday. And you talked about the properties that you would not own. We should not be owning. And, and the, a condominium was one of them. And then we decided we needed to sell. And the funny part is I had just gotten renters in the property for 18 months. And I paid the realtor fee. And here I am six months, not even six months into the lease, I'm asking them to move out. And they did. And we sold the condo. We made a good you know, chunk of money. And we decided to roll that money into Uh, You know, 1031 exchange and subsequently into multiple houses to come.
3: Well, it sounds like that was a good first step. We're going to talk more about what you learned and uh, get into later on in today's show. Now, from the
1: files of Del Wamsley.
3: You can have anything you want in life, but you can't have everything you want in life. Meaning, if you wanted to be the best at something, you would have to give up your whole life to be the best at it. I remember a person telling me a story about a concert pianist who had just played the most unbelievable score ever at this um, open piano concert, right? And uh, somebody came down to him and said, man, I would give my whole life to be able to play like that. And the concert pianist looked at him, just sort of grimaced and said, I did. And that's the difference, my friends. What were you willing to give your life for? That's the difference. We'll be right back with the Del Wombley Radio Show. No!
1: minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with a pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement Due $35 per line connection charge apply ctmobile.com welcome back now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire america one person at a time Dell wamsley
3: welcome back to del wamsley radio show it's Dell Del Tuesday, and with me here today is Hind Washington, which is a single-family mentor out of the Houston office. And Hind is currently has 17 single-family houses and one fourplex. So as we come back here, Hind, uh, let's talk about you. 1031 first deal right out of the blocks to get out of the condo. So let's go to the second set of houses and those after that. How did you find your deals? People want to know, how did you find those single-family deals that you did? Because you did a lot of them.
4: Yes, so all my deals have come through Lifestyles Unlimited agents. And that is one of the advantages of being part of the group is that you have all these agents that bring deals. So some of them were last and some of them were brought to me personally because of my relationship with the realtor, knowing that I can close the deal. So, But all of my deals were brought to me through Realtors Lifestyles.
3: So do you have any uh, interesting ones? Uh, what I'm aiming for here, and I don't want to put words in your mouth because that's unsanitary mm-hmm. during COVID re- series, but <laughs> everybody seems to have that one story where somebody else didn't want the deal, but you saw that the profit in it and went after it. Do you have any of those kinds of stories?
4: Absolutely. So I was working my desk and I checked my email and there was this, an email blast that came through. And I remember this vividly. It was a three bedroom one bath and one car garage. I looked at the one bath and I thought to myself, oh, darn it, I really, I don't know about this one bath, but hey, I'll go look at it. The house is 45 minutes away from my office. I march upstairs to the, to the next floor up and I go into my boss's office and I say, um, she looks at me and she said, let's go to lunch. I said, mm, no, I, I can't today, I have a doctor appointment. She said, okay, maybe next time. I said, yes. So I run to my car, get on the road, drive to the house. I meet with the realtor, and I was the only one there. I said, what happened? He said, well, there were some people that responded, but you're the only one here. We go inside, and guess what, Dale? There was a second bathroom in there. So it was a three <laughs> bedroom two baths, one car garage. The minute I saw it, I said, this is it. I, I want the house." Within two minutes. Fast wow. forward later, I go to close, and it was, I brought to the table, $95 to
3: close. $95, the, all she had to come up with,
4: 95, huh? $95. The second time I go to close to, to do the Fannie Mae loan, they gave me $2,000.
3: They gave you back $2,000 at closing? Yes. Oh, man, these are some great deals. These are yes, great that, deals.
4: And I've had that house. It's... Infinite return, I call it my free house, and I blew my boss, I was like, okay, I'm not going to lunch with you, because that's clearly not going to get me closer to my goal, which is cutting ties with corporate America.
3: Now, did you tell and your, your and... boss that while you were still there, or is that were you just thinking that?
4: No, I did not tell her that. <laughs> I was thinking that. Of course, I, you know, and you always talk about those two ladders, and I always think about the first one, which is dependency. Right, and that's what stuck in my head. And I never want to be dependent on anybody, especially in the corporate world.
3: Yeah, it's interesting as you find out that you can build your own ladder. Right?
4: It's so liberating. It's so we- free. I'm not free. I feel free.
3: When did it hit you that the money you got was yours? In other words, you go to a corporation and you work on multi-million-dollar projects, and everybody talks about oh how the company did this year and did that. You, you always I go to bars yeah. and I see guys sitting around bragging about how great their company's doing and how their division's yeah. doing and how they're getting promoted. But they then take a billion dollars worth of sales, gets whittled down to ninety $90,000 or $100,000 paycheck, and, and they don't realize yes. that they're not getting any of that. When did you realize that was yours? You got to keep it all.
4: It was when my, actually my cash flow started to balance out my income. So I was making a six figure job and I thought if I, if I have to replace my paycheck and the moment I started, you know, just getting closer to my paycheck, I, I started being just absolutely disinterested in my job. I sat down to do my goals at, at the end of the year. You know, every corporate world, they want you to do goals. And I spent on my computer and I couldn't come up with anything for me to present to my boss because those were not truly my goals.
3: Yeah, it's interesting.
4: And then just seeing my, my, my bank account grow every month from the cash flow. Yes, I was buying a house every month, but the money was coming in and it was my money. It was something that I worked for that directly benefit my family.
3: Absolutely. You know, I don't even, I don't have budgets in any of my companies. I own probably 20 companies now. I've got two or three more I'm looking at now. And I don't believe in budgets because you're right that's not their goal. My company doing well is my goal. It's not their goal. Yes. And so like yes. you, you're on our team. We don't budget you. We don't tell you to get so much work done, do we?
4: No. Oh my gosh. This has been the most re- I don't look at it as a reward. I mean, as a job, I look at it as a passion. It's been the most rewarding job I've ever had.
3: That's because you're working on a team. You're not, you're not working yes. for somebody, you're working with people.
4: Big difference. Yes, and, helping, and helping people and getting a phone call from a member that says, I'm I am I, I'm under contract on my first house. What do I do now? And that brings me joy to know and to be able to help them and carry them forward to, on their journey to uh, cutting the cords, right, with the corporate world or towards anything that they may want to achieve in their life.
3: Absolutely. An interesting point as being a mentor, and we're sliding that into the conversation right now, but... Mm -hmm. very interesting, is that when you first start doing the real estate, you're worried about where you are. But as soon as you have enough that you no longer have to worry about what you have and don't have, then all of a sudden, I actually got more reward, you know, feeling of self-worth from helping other people succeed. It really feels good to have a person say, I just retired because of you
4: helping me. Does it not? Absolutely. And especially for the first timers and the fear because the first deal is your most it's the scariest deal of them all and once you have that under your belt you're free to you become more confident and the more you do it the more confident you become but you always need somebody to help you make that first jump and just to see that i've succeeded and someone is under contract that is absolutely the most amazing day for me as a mentor
1: i agree now from the files of dell wamsley if you were a high school graduate, you would make more money than a non-high school graduate by X
3: percent. But if you had just one year of college, you would probably make like $50,000 a year. Now if you had a two-year degree, you'd probably make somewhere between sixty dollars and $70,000. If you had a four-year college degree, you would make something like you know, $70,000 to $100,000 master's degree you could make over a $100, 150 at a doctoral you might make as much as two hundred thousand dollars but the reality now is people used to go to school and get degrees that mattered now kids are just going to school because parents are trying to get rid of them they're trying to get them out of the house they're sending all these kinds of crazy kids to schools and colleges are taking them because they need quotas and yet they're coming out with enough debt to keep them strapped for the rest of their life. My friends, the college system is about to implode. We'll be right back with Hind Washington and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
1: If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Ooh, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the mark of fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. To navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
3: Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Hind Washington, a single family mentor out of Houston, Texas. And uh, she's telling us about her rise in this industry from uh, starting with one house, uh, selling the condo, moving on, and then her free house, which was a great story. If you haven't heard that one, you want to go back and listen to it in earlier segment, how she bought a house and got 2,000 back at closing. Great deal. So, Hind, I'm going to ask you, take a conversation in a different direction for just a second. When you started doing this, Who all did you tell you were doing, and what did they think about
4: it? I did not tell my family because they would not understand. Um, I told some colleagues, and I told them I was working on my retirement, and they made fun of me, and they laughed and asked me how old I was. (laughs) And every time I would buy a house, I walk into this colleague of mine, I said, I'm under contract on another house. I'm working on my retirement. And they were laughing at me every time when I said I'm working on my retirement, the, the, the question would be why how old are you why do you want to be a slumlord and after the fifth or the sixth house they finally took me seriously and they said wow you are not kidding I said no I'm not I am leaving this place and um yes, yeah, so now my my family knows by my family I mean my my siblings know my parents don't know I just My dad is absolutely, does not have the, he's not an entrepreneur, so he wouldn't understand. So I just keep it to myself and my family, they know a little bit and everyone around me. But now I'm more outspoken about it because I'm living it. Some people look at me like, are you crazy? Some people admire me. They all want to make money, but they don't want to put the work in. So I get a mixed um, bag of um, feedback and emotions for sure.
3: So you kept it sort of close to the vest in the beginning. Does your family know now? Does your parents know now that you've
4: retired? They know I have work to do. They don't know exactly what I do. They know I have a job, and... When I was not working and completely retired and I was making enough cash flow and I was going to the gym every day, my parents were stressed out for me that I needed to find a job and I could not be sitting at home and I needed something to do. It's because they don't understand. They thought that my work came from a job and I was happy and I was free. I was picking up my kids from the school, taking them to the park. I was free but my parents would not understand because they live in a country where there is there is no law to protect landlords and it's just not friendly to business owners so they would not understand so i'm happy and I So just your go with your family both. still
3: lives your family still lives in, uh, in India or where
4: in, No in Morocco
3: In Morocco and so they don't even understand entrepreneurship it just it's not probably doesn't no. work there does it
4: no, it does not. I moved to the U.S. and I went back one day a long, I, oh my gosh, many years ago. And I told my, my, my father, I said, let's start a business here. And he found all these reasons why the business would not work. Hmm, interesting. And that was it. Yes. And he shut down the conversation. He's just not that person that would want to do any business. And I just moved on with my, with my endeavors.
3: So this is interesting for people. Let's think about this. You're fighting people at work, and I'm not mean physically fighting, but you're fighting their taunts and their disbelief. You're fighting cultural bias coming up from a country and parents that don't believe in it, right? Yeah. You've got all this going against you and you still made it. What gave you that fortitude to get through all that?
4: I came from nothing. My parents lived paycheck to paycheck. I worked two jobs when I was in college, and I put myself through college. So I am a warrior, and I know what it takes to get things done and only have myself to make these things happen for me and my family. I can't rely on the government. My parents relied on the government all their lives, and they never got it. My dad always thought the government will come knocking down on the door with the check for him. But that never happened and realized. And this is not the way to live. So, and this is the land of opportunity. If you can't make it here, you can't make it anywhere. So I took that to heart and I work.
3: What age did you come to America?
4: I was uh, 22, I'm 46 now. So it's been over 20 years.
3: So looking at it just in general, go all the way around all (laughs) the people you know, all your friends, what do they think now that you, have any of them figured it out that you really did retire?
4: I went back to and met with some people uh, that I worked with a long time ago uh, during Christmas time and had lunch, and everybody was rushing to get back to a call, a meeting, office, and I had nothing to do. I was waiting for (laughs) the carpool, right? And I just, I feel like I cannot relate to that environment anymore. It's just not me anymore, And that's
3: a good segue right there. That's a good segue. One of the things, one of the reasons I always joke, but I don't know if it's really a joke or not, that I said I started Lifestyles is because there I was at 34 years of age, retired and rich and had no friends. Everybody I knew worked. So there was nothing for me to do, even though all my time was free. There was nobody to share that time with. And so I decided to start retiring people. So I had people to hang out with. Now, as much as that might be a joke, right? There's a little truth to it. Do you not find that you relate better to lifestyle members than you do to anybody else?
4: I do. I do. I relate more to our members, the people I work with, more so than the people that I, I've been friends with for, you know, 15 years of my life or even longer than that. My best friend now, she's a lifestyle member. Oh, and we met good. over the phone. She called me. I had the sign at one of my houses and she called me. And she she wanted to ask me about the the house, and we started talking. Fast forward, we talk. Oh my gosh, we talk ten times a day. <laughs> we can talk for hours.
3: And you you finally got her to start up, join up at Lifestyles.
4: No, she was a member. And oh, she was people, a member. We okay. Know, we did not know she was looking at a house down the street from me. She found a sign, my sign, on the front lawn, and she called me to ask me what I was renting the house for.
3: I see now I understand.
4: Then it, w- it was just uh, though it was just, I guess God wanted us to be friends. Kindred and, spirits, and would you made call it? it? happen?
3: Would you call it kindred spirits?
4: Yes, yes, yes. yes. I hear people say that their best friends are in lifestyle and I completely relate, yes, because I feel like I share more with those members than I do with outside lifestyle
3: members. Well I still find people. it even to this yes. day hard to, to relate to people outside of Lifestyle because they don't have mm-hmm. free time. You know, that that's the difference. We can go anywhere, do anything, and we have the money to build to pay for doing whatever we want and other people yes. that they get limited and I think it makes them feel a little intimidated also that, that we don't have a job type thing. Let's change the subject, let's talk about helping other people. How did you get into being a mentor here?
4: I got a phone call and Three people recommended me for the job, and I had a call, and I said, okay, let me think about it. And I just said, let me think about it, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. I just had to say, let me think about it. And it took me five minutes, and I called back, and I said, okay, what's next step? And <laughs> that's been the best decision in my life.
3: Yeah, it's funny. I, I always tell people when you join up and you're up there and you're doing your first case, that I said, watch out. You know, if you get good at this, I'm going to ask you to come back and mentor other people. So it finally caught up to you then. <laughs>
4: Yes. It was so easy to come back and give. It it was no brainer. Absolutely. No.
3: Easy. How many case studies you do? Did you do over the period since you've been a member? Do you have any idea? It was a one, two, five. What do you think?
4: I did two and I did one at the expo. One of the vendors asked me to be his case study. So to show, you know, what I have done over the to retire. And I'm presenting my own um, breakout session at this coming expo.
3: Oh, excellent. That's quite a step. What are you going to be talking about?
4: How to invest $250,000, but it's really less than that. If you're smart about it and you follow the steps that we teach, it can be done. So I'm going to uh, share my numbers, how I did it with other people that want to do the same.
3: That's excellent. We look forward to it. I've got to thank you for coming on today, Uh, sparing your time, sharing your time with everybody. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at the expo.
1: It's not just the money, it's the lifestyle. Here's Dell Wamsley. The first day I went to
3: Dallas, my gosh, there was 350 people in my first seminar there. It blew my mind. Then I realized there is pent up desire for our product everywhere, for people that need help. They need to figure out how to retire. They need to figure out how to supplement their income. They need passive income, and they need motivational direction. And so Dallas took off, it just blew up, and all of a sudden we were like double the size in no time at all. And then after that, we had people complaining that we needed something down in San Antonio and Austin, so we opened up in San Antonio. Then we had people complaining it was too far to drive from Austin to go to San Antonio, so we opened up in Austin. We have people that um, started accumulating out on the West Coast, and Phoenix seemed to be a great place to buy, so everybody was buying in Phoenix, so we opened up in Phoenix. And then people accumulated on the East Coast, and Atlanta's kind of the central hub for the East Coast. So we have offices in all of these different places now. You just have to ask yourself, how did that happen? Now, that's just the office. It's the members, there's members in every state, 50 states and union, internationally also. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley
1: Radio Show. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome
3: back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Rui Vaz. Rui has uh, been a member since 2009 and has done just about everything. Now, the reason we're having Rui on today is because he is going to be displaying one of his properties at the Expo coming up here in March. Rui, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dell. You've done a little everything, buddy. Single families, lead, passive. You've done it all. You've got a lot of stuff, a lot of deals. What are you going to be showing us of all of your stuff this uh, expo? What are you, you going to show us? Don't tell us where it's at, but just explain what we're going to see.
2: Yeah, so uh, uh, this year, because I've been on the expo for the last uh, three, I think, I think I've done all of them, actually. Um, this year, we're going to be presenting uh, Riverwalk Apartments. It's a property that we bought in 2019. So it's 104 units, class B property.
3: Class B. So what were the types of things that you did when you bought this one? Is this a, a turnaround? Uh, is this just a value play? Is this a passive deal? What kind of deal is
2: Well, it? yeah. So this, so we bought it as a yield play, Dell. The previous owner had actually just recently done a pretty major renovation to the deal. And so we, we really just thought This was a great 1985 asset in a a strong sub-market. We're just going to buy it and make some cash flow. It cash flowed from day one type thing. And uh, it's turned out that uh, we have quite a bit of equity (laughs) that we've built up in two and a half years.
3: This sounds great to see. I'm just going to read off for other people here just some of the things that are on your resume cash-flowing deals around 5% cash-on-cash, cash, but rate of return on two deals that were sold, one of them, total return was 500%, which included capital gains and cash flow. The other one was 240%, which included capital gains and cash flow. And then you've got one you refinanced recently, gave you 97% return. These are unbelievable numbers. Uh, what do you think's led to your really notable success?
2: Well, part of it is just uh, being consistent with the way you operate the business, uh, being selective with the locations that you choose, and uh, also the assets that you choose. I'm one of the folks I think uh, most people would agree that tend to err on the side of being slow and cautious. So I know for people that are not members of Lifestyles, it might seem not otherwise, but really I, I, I take my time on my acquisitions and I take my time to make sure that the deals are going in the right direction before I think about the next move and I think that's helped me along the way.
3: So what, what did you do before you did this so people can relate, the aha, he's like me type thought?
2: Yeah. So I am an engineer by training, but I spent the majority of my career as a business consultant. So I basically worked for a large firm that would place me at different companies and try to help them run their operations better.
3: I see in your resume here, you call yourself a road warrior. (laughs)
0: Explain that.
2: Oh, yeah. So this is back to my management consulting days. Um, I I mean, I used to leave home on a Sunday and come back on a Thursday every week and I'd go all over the place. I mean, I lived in California at the time, but I had projects all over the country uh, and some international assignments as well. So I was always on the road, which was fine and it was good at the time. I was young and I didn't have kids, but I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life.
3: Yeah, that's tough on the family. So how long did it take you to retire? Once you came to Lifestyles and got started in 2009, how long before you gave up your corporate gig?
2: Well, keep in mind, I'm slow, right? So uh, I joined in 2009, and uh, 2014 is when I bought my first apartment complex. And if you want to draw the line in the sand, that's really when I uh, became full-time real estate investor. So it took me five years.
3: So did you start with the single families and the passive deals? Is that how you got started, from 9 to 14?
2: So from 9 to 14, I did exclusively single family. I gotcha. didn't really start investing passively until actually later in my journey.
3: Hmm, interesting. Yeah. All right. If you look back at it now, what, what do you think is the most important thing that you learned when you came to the two days? You know, the thing that changed it all for you. What was the aha moment?
2: I think for me, it was the realization that my return on net worth was ridiculous, it was just so low, you know, because I'm one of those folks that from. An early age, I was always very intrigued with the the idea of investing your money, but it wasn't until I came to your seminar that I realized that my actual return on net worth was pathetic, (laughs) and I needed to change that.
3: Yeah, that's, that's always interesting. Every seminar I ever gave where we broke that down for people, that they, they were really amazed at how small the return was if you look at your total net worth in life and so forth, which means you're just not utilizing the money. Whatever monies you have, whether it's buried in your home or buried in your 401k or buried somewhere else, college you know, prep or money saved away for college for your kids or something, all those things where you've got your money stuck... Are not paying you any money each month, as opposed to when you get out there and you start buying income-producing assets and they start producing money, it gets crazy. So we're going to see you. I'm going to see you either Thursday or Friday. I don't know which day. I'll be at your location. It's I'm Thursday. For, 30, I'm, you're going to be. Oh, you're going to be one of the first ones to get hit. Then. All right. Well, it's going to be great. Really appreciate you. This is your fourth year of doing the expo, so that's a lot to give back, man. I really appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you coming on the radio, too, and sharing your information with us. For the rest of you out there, the Expo is going to be coming up here quick. I want you all to go to Lifestyles Unlimited Expo online. Google Lifestyles Unlimited Expo 2022, and then you'll get all the information, how you can get into it, how you can be a part of it, and so forth. And I guarantee you that at Rudy and the rest of these guys, they put on a great show because they're great at this. I've got 10 seconds left. Have you won any awards yet, Rudy?
2: I know you're not going to be happy with me, but I actually have only run for one, and I got second place.
3: Some people aren't all about rewards. They're all about results. So I think that's what you've probably focused on. The rest of you out there, remember this. Rui, myself, and everybody else, a lifestyle. We're not doing this for the money. We're doing it for the lifestyle. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Now,
1: from the files of Del Wamsley.
3: I had 27 credit cards and bought an apartment complex $500,000 less than what it was worth from a distressed seller by assuming his mortgage and putting $327,000 down on 27 credit cards. Yes, let me repeat that to you. I put down $327,000 on 27 credit cards. When I went to the bank to pull the money out, the bank flipped and the president of the bank came to me and said, what are you doing? I showed him what I was doing. I have 27 credit cards with no interest, no payments. Well, actually there were payments on some of them, but they were low interest rates. And there was some with no payments, and there was some with no interest, for anywhere from six to eighteen months. And I showed them. I said, "Look, I've got a spreadsheet here. Every one of these payments are coming out or less. The total amount I'm paying is less than four uh, percent on this total debt. And for it, I'm buying an apartment complex that makes me $10,000 a month positive cash flow. Which means that the credit cards were totally covered plus positive cash flow." of about $5,000 a month or more. I had other credit cards set up and waiting that is when these popped off their interest only and none position, I was able to move them onto there. And now I'm one of Wells Fargo's best customers. Just do anything for me because they know what i've done and what i have
0: nerds. today's episode is sponsored by nerd wallet smart money podcast get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds nerd wallets experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights no financial misinformation allowed learn how to save on your summer vacation find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund make smarter decisions in 2024 Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.
1: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
0: clock at four. Donchich. The step back
1: three. You bet. Music. You said my word.